All right, I'm so glad you're here this Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday morning, and uh, I trust you've all been having a great week and off to a great weekend. Uh, my dad flew in this week, and he's been working me like a slave. Well, that's not true. Somewhat, though. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I might be 41, but some things never change, right? Dad shows up, let's get to work, but he's been helping me out, and I really do appreciate it. It makes Thanksgiving just a little bit extra special to have a parent around. I wish my mom was here, but I was glad to have my dad. And uh, thank the Lord for another opportunity to be together with the Lord's people on today, on Sunday. And uh, it's hard to believe it's Thanksgiving again, though. Uh, it just seems like yesterday was the other Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, there's only 77 more shopping days till Christmas. So I really want this year... Oh, you missed that. What I really want this year is you have 77 more days to get it for me. But at any rate, uh, it's not that far away. And time just seems to fly around. It's just so quick. And uh, this week I asked some folks about Thanksgiving, what they thought of when I mentioned the word Thanksgiving. And some people said apple cider. Some said pumpkin pie. Uh, some mentioned lots of snacks. Some mentioned the, the colors of the season. Uh, Dave Legaspi's not here, so I'll use his name this morning. He said, deep-fried turkey. That's what he said. Okay, a little guy named Joshua I spoke to, he told me, he said, eating turkey, hanging out with grandma and grandpa, and being with family. That's what he thought of when he thought of Thanksgiving. Uh, the actual word Thanksgiving means the act of rendering thanks or expressing gratitude for favors or mercies. And... We have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, I understand we all go through things that are not easy, some are extremely difficult, very hard, but we do still have lots to be thankful for. And I want to take some moments this morning and look at that. Let's start in uh, Philippians chapter number four, or Philippians chapter number four and verse number six. And remember, Paul was in Philippi, in Philippi he was uh, in jail. So he's coming from this perspective. Rejoice the Lord always. Verse number four. Let's start there. Uh, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And this is the verse that kind of kicks us off this morning. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be made known unto God. This week as I was preparing this message, I really wanted to instill in us that Thanksgiving is just not the second Monday of October for us Canadians. It's all year round. Every day of the year should be Thanksgiving. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another time we have to be together. And we're so thankful for these dear folks who are here. And Lord, you brought them. They made a decision to be here. Lord, I pray that the message this morning will encourage our hearts to be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. Or encourage our hearts to be thankful now in Jesus' name. Amen. The Scripture speaks often of being thankful or giving thanks or thanksgiving. Those three words, thanks, thankful, and thanksgiving, is found 105 times in Scripture. So we're not going to go look at all 105 times. But I think we understand that we need to be thankful. That should be part of our attitude. I know the Lord desires us to be thankful. So the first thing I thought about this week with a spirit of thankfulness, a thankful spirit, is to be thankful for the bounty of the land. Bounty of the land. 
I really enjoyed this uh, display up here. Brother Arvid brought my attention. He was by the office this week. And he said, uh, look, Pastor, they had Kraft Dinner original up here. That's the first time I've seen it on a banquet table like this, but I guess they're going with the true Canadian flavor, right? KD, you know, we've eaten that lots growing up. Uh, but at any rate, we live in a land of so much food, don't we? We, we, we're blessed, uh, uh, maybe today or tomorrow. I mean, the traditional Canadian Thanksgiving, you know, the turkey, potatoes, the carrots, gravy, dumplings, maybe, and all of those other tasty treats. We enjoy the bounty of the land. Extremely. We're blessed beyond measure here in Canada. Uh, we are, li- there are literal hundreds of millions of people in our world today who can't even imagine the food that we'll consume this weekend. They, they, that to them is beyond them. How could you eat that much food in one weekend? We would love to have that for a month. Or at least for a couple of weeks. They could never afford it, and most often the food is not available for them even if they could afford it. I had a friend of mine who was a missionary in the Middle East, and he was there for a few years, and he told me when he came back, he was amazed. Now, he's, he's from the United States, but we're not, not much different. We still have big grocery stores. I've been to them. And... Uh, he said he came back and he was amazed about all the food that was available. He said back in the Middle East, I mean, it was just enough to get by. There wasn't a big grocery store with all kinds of food available. The word bounty is found in Scripture three times. Once it was dealing with Solomon and the beautiful queen Sheba when she came and gave him a great bounty from her land. The other time was Paul encouraging the Corinthian believers to give out of their bounty to aid the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. Now, bounty means lots. I mean, it's not, it's not insignificant. It's very much. Look over in 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. I don't know. I think I might. Oh, it'd be good if I got in First Timothy. Second Timothy is not going to work for me. All right, here we go. So, First Timothy, chapter number one and verse number fourteen. And the grace of our God was exceeding abundant with the faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. The faithful saying, worthy of all expectation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. But uh, Paul describes here from where he came and what the Lord had done abundantly. For him, I think all of us would agree, if we were given a gift and we were given the choice of getting a gift or abundant gifts, we would choose the abundant gifts, right? That means lots. And he, Paul's referring to here is that the Lord had saved him and brought him into a land of bounty spiritually. Once he was lost in sin and without hope, now the Lord brings him to a land that's spiritually bountiful. It was the promised land. And we have access today to the Lord day or night. And we can access Him. And the Word of God is left for us to be a guide for us, a lamp unto our feet, a guidebook for our lives. It holds the answers to our problems. We get to enjoy the bounty of this world in Canada today, in North America. And we get to enjoy the bounty of the next life, eternal life. Amen. And we have God's Word. You might sit there and say, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. Well, let me encourage you to change your perspective. If you have Jesus Christ, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. 
And without Him, you are lost. And, and, and when you take your final breath here on this earth, if you have not chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I have very sad news for you. You will be forever separated from Him. And it's a place called hell. The Word of God, though, got great news for us that you don't have to go there. You don't have to be eternal separated from Him. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you can be saved. And you're no longer lost. And what a privilege to know today that if I take my final breath, the grave is not my end. Heaven is my home. Heaven. Beyond any human description, the bounty of heaven. Brethren, that is our home. That is our future blessing. That is our right as a child of God to have access to heaven once we take our final breath here. The bounty of our land. The bounty the Lord has provided. Family is number two. Family. You'll sit around that table with all that food today or tomorrow, whatever, whenever you've done it. Maybe you already had that meal. And you'll probably share it with someone, some loved ones, most, maybe all, if you're fortunate to have all your family close by. And there's something special about getting together the family, isn't it? A few people are nodding. It is. It's special. Uh, I, I have yet, and I don't want ever to see a family feud take, out, uh, take place at uh, Thanksgiving dinner, but I've never seen it. Someone once said, fate decides your family, but you get to choose your friends, right? You don't have any choice over family. You have what you have. That's it. I know we all have different, and if you would permit me, we have quirky family members. But God put you in that family on purpose. It wasn't a mistake. That was on purpose. There was a reason. Enjoy them. Be thankful for them. Enjoy their company. I always loved that my grandparents would come over for Thanksgiving dinner. I can still remember because we could not commence eating the bird until Pop and Grandma showed up. And I can remember standing at the door of their patio, and my grandparents lived right next door, but there was a little creek in between, so they would never jump the creek, though I would, to go get something to eat, but they wouldn't. They'd walk all the way around to come to the back door to come in the house, and I can remember looking at, they're not here yet, they're not left the door yet, Mom! Like, we're waiting, like, I can't wait for them to get her. Part of it was to spend time with them, part was to eat. But enjoy that time, sitting around with cousins and playing with them and getting into mischief. No doubt we did that growing up. I always enjoyed that time of Thanksgiving dinner with the family. The beauty of a house is harmony. The security of a house is loyalty. The joy of the house is love. The plenty of a house is in children. The rule of a house is service. And the comfort of a house is God Himself. The Scripture clearly teaches us that as believers, we're part of the family of God. Come unto me, uh, came unto me and, and stood and said unto me, Acts chapter 22, verse 13, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked upon him. Now, in Acts chapter 22, Ananias is the one that's being referred to here. He's told by the Lord to go see Paul. who At that time, his name was Saul who was not a friend to the church up until this point. He was causing havoc. He was pulling apart families. He was seeing Christians in prison. But Saul, Paul, had now accepted Christ as Savior, 
And Ananias treats him, treats him as brother. I'm so glad that you're my family. Family of God. I'm so thankful for that. And I hope you will be thankful for that as well. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Turn over to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Just a few pages over. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3. And verse number 2. And sent Timotheus, our brother, a minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith. The first part of the verse, and sent Timotheus, our brother. Our brother, and there's lots of references to brothers and sisters in Christ throughout Scripture. I trust you enjoy being part of the family of God. Amen? It's great. If you're not part of the family, then let me encourage you to become part of the family. I love being with believers and speaking of things of the Lord with them and working together and spending time reaching same goals and desires for my life, their life, our family life, our church life. I like to sit around and, uh, and eat a meal and sit around and even joke around. I mean, at least I'm in good company, man, with brothers and sisters. It's encouraging. Spending time fellowshipping together. Church, you better enjoy the family of God because you get to spend eternity with them. Now, we're perfect. Won't be any errors or faults there, but it'll be a great time all the same. You know, I didn't have this in my sermon this morning about family, but last night I received a call that you never want to receive. I was told of a young lady that we had the privilege of leading to the Lord when we were in Deer Lake. She was just a young child, maybe eight, nine years old when she accepted Christ as Savior. And last night I found out she passed away. She was hardly 20. I don't know the reasons why. I know that the family's hurting, though. So this Thanksgiving... You'd be thankful for the family you have. With maybe their quirks and their problems, that's fine, but you love them the best that you can. Freedom. Number three. Freedom. As you sit around that table with family, and as you take care of that meal, whatever it is, you can speak of things and you have no worry of what the... State might hear or do because you've spoken your mind. You can nitpick at the policies of the mayor, maybe even roast the premier and prime minister along with the turkey that you've roasted. Or anyone else in public leadership as such. You have no worry or concern about the gulag or consecration camps. Now, I would encourage you before you do that to pray for them. Pray for your leaders. Uh, last couple of weeks ago, we were in Ottawa. At a, at a national meeting, I got to meet some of our MPs, and, I, and I'm telling you, they need our prayers. I met some men and ladies who, they're Christian, and they are trying to lead our country the best they They need our prayers. And those who do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, they need our prayers. You pray for them. You pray for them. You know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I don't fear coming into the pulpit and telling you about Jesus Christ. Don't fear the state police entering and things of that nature. We have wonderful freedom in our country. I don't know for how long, but we have it. Let's be thankful for it. And let's use it. Wonderful freedom that we so often take for granted and often forget to be thankful for. 
we kind of get the idea that we deserve it. We need to be thankful for it. Stephen, the king of Poland, he, he was a Catholic. This is many, many hundreds of years ago. He was a Catholic man, but some men in his court were really trying to get King Stephen to persuade him to constrain his subjects from serving any other religion or God or whatever. I don't know exact words they had, but they weren't to, they wanted to stop any embracing of any other religion but Catholicism. And King of Poland, Stephen said, I am the king of men and not of consciences. The dominion of the conscience belongs exclusively to God. And he's absolutely right. No country has the right to tell us who we can serve. Because it's Jesus, amen, that's who we need to serve. It's him. I appreciate that. That was a long time ago he said that. And he's still right. We, I, not, I don't have the right over conscience of men. You have to be have a right conscience with the Lord. I cannot, uh, con, in the sense of make it happen, I can't uh, get laws into place and make you do things. No, that's a heart issue. And you need Jesus. You need the Lord Jesus. Folks, as saved individuals today, we've been set free from the bondage of sin. If you come to a place except Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. You are, you are now no longer in bondage to sin. Galatians 5.13 says, For brethren, we have been called unto liberty. Use, only use not liberty for occasion to the flesh, but to serve, uh, to love, but love and serve one another. We're no longer enslaved in chains of sin. Now we have liberty to serve Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope you use your liberty, your freedom that you have, both in this country and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior in your spiritual life, to promote the gospel, to tell others about Jesus and how your life has been changed. This week over coffee, I talked to a young man and told him about Jesus. It was great. It was wonderful. I'm so glad that that young man knew who Jesus was and is saved. But that's liberty I have to tell others about Jesus. Amen. Let's not be taking it for granted. Let's be thanking the Lord. Rest. Number four. Rest. After you've eaten that wonderful meal and all the fixings, you spend some time with family and you'll definitely rest. Especially if you're eating turkey because the turkey will do it to you anyway. All right. Those eyelids, has this ever happened? You know, you're sitting around, maybe you drank a little bit of coffee, try to stay awake, and someone's talking, and then the voices just start, your eyes kind of close, over you go. All right. That, that happens all the time. My place at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter when we have the big turkey meal. You know, if it was, it was like my, when I grew up in my home, it was as soon as the turkey was consumed and the dessert was done, you're looking for the first couch. That was available. You know, the radar was on. Whoop, whoop, whoop. You know. And if the couches were all taken, off to bed you went. There was no vacancies available. But you sit around and enjoy the company and chat and rest for the day. A day off from the burden of life. It's nice to have that once in a while, is it not? It's important to do that. And I know our church family, you certainly need it from how busy you are, from what you tell me you're up to. Uh, Spurgeon, a famous preacher of yesteryear, he preached to a massive crowd on a Wednesday night. He came home. He said, I felt pretty good. 
And he went to bed Wednesday night and he slept continuously until Friday morning. That wouldn't happen in my place. There'd be some banging on the doors. <laughs> Wake it up. Let's go. Uh, but the idea is that he needed that rest. He needed some serious rest time. In Matthew chapter 11, uh, we, Jesus instructs the disciples that, uh, concerning life. Let's look over there. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. But my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus instructs the disciples concerning the life that lay ahead. The future would not be easy. But the Lord tells them to take up His yoke, and He'll give you rest. Now, you read that first, you're like, how can that be easy? I mean, I've seen yoke, I've never... War one in the sense of really picking one up and putting it on my shoulder. What? 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 How is that possible? And how can you have rest there? But what the Lord is referring to is the yoke of serving Him and, and doing what is right is so much easier and there's rest in Jesus Christ than if you would take up the yoke of the world and do what their bidding is. You'll find yourself in slavery to sin, in bondage. There's no freedom. There's no liberty. There's no rest. There's none. I'm not saying there's not pleasurable things. You'll find them, yes. But in Jesus, you find rest. uh, Last week I preached about uh, uh, worry and anxiety and things. And this week I read uh, an article again concerning that. And and doctors are saying it's now an anxiety uh, uh, pandemic almost. People are overwhelmed by anxiety. They're so fearful. They're, they're, They're angry. They're hurting. I'm so glad that I can bring those things to Jesus. Amen. Hey, that, that's a relationship that you're having a bit of issue with or that, that job situation that's not quite working out the way you'd like it to work out or uh, maybe your, uh, your spiritual life's not what it should be. You can bring those things to Jesus. He cares. He cares. And He desires to help and serve and, and see you be where you need to be and give you rest. Of heart, mind, soul. I'm so thankful for the Lord's rest. Mark, Mark chapter 6, verse 31. A little while ago I mentioned this as well. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there are many coming and going, and they have no leisure so much as to eat. That was said to his disciples. The Lord knew that we needed a rest. We needed to take a break. And enjoy what the Lord has created around us. Uh, I was yesterday, we, uh, me and my wife had a little drive uh, uh, going to pick something up. And we went through the country. And it was just... Do <sighs> you know what I'm talking about when you drive through the country? After you drive in Brampton for any length of time, it's wonderful. You know, you don't have to worry about a tree cutting you off or anything, okay? You know, so, just enjoying the drive and the colors. 
and then the deer in the field. Just enjoying God's creation. It's biblical that we see in the Word of God that the seven days day rest. We know as well in the medical field they say the body needs rest to heal, to fight off infections, to, uh, to fight off illnesses. So don't feel guilty. Not many people do, but some people are wired that way. They feel guilty when they're not doing something. To put your feet up and rest. Take that extra long nap. But don't miss church tonight. Okay? Take that extra long nap. Get some extra rest. Uh, There's things before you, you know. uh, You need that rest. Get that rest. Love is number five. Love. No, I, I, no, I didn't start cooking turkeys myself until after I got married. My mom, growing up, she did all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, I would eat other people's turkeys and they tasted great, but mom's was just a little bit better. Okay, I'm getting some nods out there. Some of you gentlemen know what I'm talking about. And I, I, this is my reasoning for this, why mom's turkey always tasted just a little bit better. Because she loves me and she prepared it for me. There's actually a spice that's called love and you can put in. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. just nod your head with me. Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as the love spice that you can put on your shelf and put it in there. Okay? But I would see her for hours preparing that meal for us to enjoy. And I'm telling you, it only took about a half an hour most for us to eat everything. And we all go off and do our thing, but mom did it because she loved us. Still does love us. Another reason why I think thanks, enjoy Thanksgiving is that usually everyone that's around the table is, is loving each other, amen? We love each other. We, we, we're, we, we're here for each other. We want to help each other. But the only time in Thanksgiving dinner when it gets a little bit tense is when there's the last little bit of cranberry sauce or the last bit of stuffing. And everybody wants it, alright? That's but the only tense time around the Thanksgiving table. The reality is, it's a time of love. The whole, the whole meal is a language of love, not of hate or meanness. It's love. And, and, and to thank God for what He's done. I read a story of a little, little boy who lived in a leper colony many years ago off the coast of Africa. They had an island that they would come over and bring over necessities of life for these individuals had leprosy. And one little boy was asked, what did he need most? And he replied, my hands are still good, so I can mend my clothes when they need it. But some lepers have no fingers, and some have hands that are so crippled they cannot use them. When their clothes get holes in them, they can't mend them, but must see the holes get bigger and bigger. I'm thankful for my good hands so I can please give me clothes that I can mend for them. They are more needy than I. What on an unselfish view of life. Give me what you don't want, I'll use and I'll help someone else with. He loved those other lepers. He, he, he loved them and he, he showed it. He never complained. He, he just said, hey, I want to help those that are needier than I. I want to use what God has given me in my hand to show my love to others. 
Look over in Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 17. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of Christ is beyond our ability to describe. We could spend the rest of our lives, all of us who are here, to try to describe it, and we still will not be able to do it properly in the sense of covering all the aspects. This Thanksgiving, we need to be thankful for the love of God. Amen? The love of Christ. Love is an integral part of the, of the lives of a Christian. In this portion of Scripture, we, we know, we see, and, and if we know Christ as Savior this morning, we have uh, been touched by the love of Christ. That's something that we need to be so all thankful for today. I know that we live in a world that we can get so uh, uh, consumed and overwhelmed and, and we don't have time to think and pause and be still. Let me encourage you this Thanksgiving to do just that. Shut off the noise. Spend some extra time. Release your foot off the gas as such. And just spend some time thanking God for what He's done. And we need to be thankful for what God's done every day of the year, not just at Thanksgiving. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, loves you. Let that sink in for a moment. Let, let that get in your soul for a little bit and, and let that stir in your heart just a little bit. Actually, do it a lot. And, and to think of what He's done for you. Ephesians 2.4 says, But God, who is rich mercy for His great love, wherein He loved us. He loves us. But as touching, brother of love, you need not, not I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. We need to be loving one another. I think if we get the relationship right now, I think, I know, if our relationship right with God is right with each other, isn't it? If we're loving God as we should, loving our Savior as we should, then we'll love those around us as we should. As I understand this morning that we live in a pretty heavy, busy, bustling life, and that seems to be the life that occurs around here. And I do appreciate where I grew up. It wasn't quite that busy at all. Uh, but this is where I live now. And I have to make time to stop and be thankful. I would even encourage you this weekend to write down some things you are thankful for. 
Just pause and think. The bounty of our land is amazing. Thank God for the family. You might say, oh, Pastor Alcock, my family's a mess. You don't understand it. No, but I know that God does not make a mistake and He puts you there. Be thankful for it. Be thankful for that family. Maybe you'll be the light bearer of the Gospel to that family. For freedom. Freedom of our land and freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. The liberty to serve. Be thankful for rest. Be thankful for rest that we can have tomorrow from our work and rest in Jesus Christ. And be thankful for love. Love of family, our physical family, our, our church family, our, the body of Christ, uh, family love, and the love of God. It's amazing. It's beyond our description. Pause and consider. Be still and think of what you've been blessed with. And if you are serious about pausing and thinking about it, you're not going to be able to come away and say, I'm not blessed. No. You're going to come and pause and stop and and sit back and look from it from a distance. You'll say, man, I am blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed beyond measure.